Hey there, I'm Andrew Yeager, and this is WBHM Politics. Whenever you buy something at a store, that sticker price is not all you pay. There's sales tax added on top of it. In Alabama, a portion goes to the state and a portion goes to local governments. For a small town with a big retailer, that can be a major source of revenue. But stores do close. And when that happens, it can mean a hit to city coffers. It's what happened in Fairfield when a Walmart closed in 2016. Irondale faces a similar situation after Sam's Club announced in January it would shutter a store there. How do smaller cities and towns cope when a significant source of tax dollars disappears? Well, we'll dive into this. And joining us is Eddie Penny. He's Fairfield's city council president. Uh, Councilman Penny, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. And also... Irondale Mayor Charles Moore. Uh, Mayor Moore, good to have you here. Well, it's nice to be here. And Megan Randall. She's a research analyst in the Urban Brookings Tax Policy Center at the Urban Institute. Uh, Megan Randall, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Mayor Moore, I want to start with you because Irondale is the most recent case around Birmingham where this happened. And you know, tell us about the day when you found out Sam's Club was closing. Yeah, it was quite a surprise. Um, we Woke up that morning, had our usual breakfast, and went about our day uh, till about 8.30. The employees were called in to Sam's Club that morning and were told then, so first that they knew that the store was closing. About 20 minutes later, I got a call from their governmental relations person saying that they had closed the store or made a decision to close the store. So it was quite a surprise, quite a shock, and, and a big hit to our, to our town. How much of a hit? is it to Irondale? Well, it was huge for us. Uh, Sam's Club was the largest retailer that we had, single retailer in in the town. We figure it's going to be about $1.4 million to our budget, which is approximately 10% of our retail sales tax budget. Uh, Councilman Penny, Walmart announced that they were closing and closed before you entered office. Give me a sense of what you thought things would be like with that and what have things been like now that you're actually in office. The Walmart closing for Fairfield probably took about 40% of our tax revenue, and uh, it's just been devastating to the city. You know, you come in with the idea in mind that you want to, the most devastating hit that it had for us was the services that we were able to provide to the citizens. The only way we could cope with it was to make drastic cuts, and all those cuts really came in the service area that related to providing services for the uh, citizens. What sort of services have you been cutting? Well, we've had to have our personnel cuts across the board. Uh, the street and sanitation department it was basically cut down to uh, about three employees. The, the community center had to close all those employees there. And um, potholes, uh, striping of line, just general services that the citizens need, uh, garbage pickup and that kind of thing. It's just, it's just been devastating in terms of what you can provide for, for the citizens. Uh, Megan Randall, I want you to, to bring you into this. I know this is a very broad question, but Councilman Penny mentioned service cuts. But in general, how do you see cities and towns respond when they have something like this happen? Sure. So, first of all, no, no two cities are alike in many regards, right? And so certainly when faced with trying circumstances such as these, you know, you're going to see a wide variety of sort of responses. But, you know, I think we saw this in the Great Recession when many cities took a large hit and they had to make tough financial management decisions, which, you know, in many cases included uncomfortable service cuts. There are some cities, I think, that have tried to implement, find ways to increase efficiency um, so that the cuts don't have to be quite as deep. But 
that's difficult to do, right? That's not that's not an easy easy recipe. You can slop on anything per se. Certainly, you know, when we see cities having to make those types of cuts, some cities have tried to turn to turn to the future and turn to different strategies that they can implement for creating more sustainable economic development plans and strategies. And so when you're dealing with an urgent fiscal crisis, you know, there are going to be uncomfortable decisions that cities have to make. Um, But there's definitely room to look toward policy options for, you know, preventing similar circumstances in the future. Yeah, and we'll get to some of that strategy in a moment. Um, But uh, Charles Moore, I wonder, at this juncture, uh, just a month or so in, what's the discussion like among leaders in Irondale about approaching this situation? Yeah, we are we are just a month into this this big um, hit that we took, and uh, we're still figuring it out. But I think Megan is right. I personally think the whole face of retail is is changing drastically and rapidly, and it's something that we're all going to have to be looking at. I mean, we just have this impetus now to to do it right this moment, but. Um, we are working through uh, the struggle short term. Long term, I'm, I'm very optimistic that we will come out of it and we will be better and stronger for it. I think that will require diversification and not reliance on the big box retailers. We have an economic development task force that's looking at all the options that we have to begin. And I've just been in office for a year now, so we're just starting that process. But um, how we can put things in place that will prepare us for the future and for the long term. But I'm 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 optimistic long term, short term. It, you know, it's a, it's a little bit painful. Uh, we've been fortunate that we've not had to make any direct cuts um, so far. We're just early into it, but uh, we're we're being careful about uh, our attrition and our staff and and not going out and replacing all those immediately until we see how the how the dust settles on this. So belt tightening in the meantime, it right. sounds like. Right. Um, Eddie Penny, when we're thinking about Fairfield, we talk about Walmart being the most recent case, but this is something that has happened to Fairfield over the last 20 years. How, as a city leader, do you approach that knowing that this isn't the first time Fairfield has been in this situation? Well, I agree with Mayor Moore. One of the things we have to do is just really get away from retail. Over the last 20 years, we've lost, uh, in addition to uh, Walmart, we've lost uh, Kmart, we lost uh, Sears, uh, we lost a Winn-Dixie grocery store, a Food World, Food World grocery store, a Bruno's grocery store. We lost uh, CVS Pharmacy and recently uh, a Burlington clothing store. All the stores that I just named really are having trouble retail nationwide. Sears is, you know, is in serious financial trouble. I just recently saw where Winn-Dixie is going to, the parent company Winn-Dixie is going to file bankruptcy. So. We also lost Radio Shack. I forgot about them. A lot of those companies that I named, you know, under the best of circumstances, would, from a retail standpoint, they would have been going out of business uh, anyway. We have to find a way to uh, continue to survive without being so dependent upon uh, on the retail industry and on the sales tax. What do you hear <clears throat> from constituents? Uh, what are folks in Fairfield saying about this or have said about this over the last couple of years? The number one thing that, that the citizens uh, talk to me about uh, when they say complain, but but they would like to uh, see it come as a grocery store. We don't. We currently don't have a grocery store in Fairfield. As I mentioned at one time, we actually had three large thriving uh, grocery stores. Uh, once those three left, Walmart was the primary grocery store for our area. 
because Walmart Supercenter, and also was a primary drugstore. You know, Walmart, that Walmart business contains so many um, business within that one store. Now, the two complaints that I get is they would like to have, have a grocery store. We'd like to have um, uh, better services, which include better police protection, fire protection, and improvement in street and sanitation. Well, Megan Randall, certainly the idea of efficiency has come up, cutting services. The one thing I haven't heard is raising more revenue or, or, or taxes. And granted, Alabama is uh, adverse to any increase in taxes culturally. Do you see cities or towns go after that route uh, coming out of a situation like this? I mean, sure. Like I said, I, I, you know, cities are going to vary in sort of the responses they have to economic crises such as these. Um, and certainly in some states, cities have fewer options to raise revenues, and that's not just politically, but um, structurally, right? In some cases, states actually prohibit cities from uh, implementing an income tax, from implementing, you know, higher sales or property taxes. And so, you know, I understand um, that Alabama cities have a couple options available to them to make sure that they're maximizing their revenue sources. And, I mean, certainly when it comes to crunch time, you know, all all those options are on the table, and certainly raising revenues should be part of the conversation in the short term. And, you know, I do want to emphasize and, and also sort of piggyback on some of the points that were previously made about, you know, thinking about solutions in the short term, and those are going to be tough, and those are going to, going to involve trade-offs, and whether that be raising revenue, you know, when it's politically unpopular or, or cutting services when necessary. But, you know, it's really important to think about long-term sustainability and to think about how to grow the economy in um, a more well-rounded way, in a way that brings in higher wage jobs, um, in a way that improves upon and leverages, you know, the strengths that are already in the region. Um, but, you know, the, the goal should be to restore those services, obviously, and to, to make sure that the city government is in a fiscal position to, you know, do the things that are, are necessary for its residents. Well, how do you do that? How do you make that shift in strategy? Because I'm thinking, you know, if I'm a city leader, I would love to have a major retailer in my town that creates headlines when it opens, it gives me a stream of revenue. But, you know, certainly we see how retail, uh, big box retailers have been doing the last 10 years or so. And, uh, or how do we think about that differently when having a big box store seems to be uh, very appealing? It's an interesting question, because I know, and some other states have had sort of issues with cities even battling each other, right, for big box retail locations. And in fact, California, over the last, you know, couple of decades has actually implemented a, a series of, of regulations that actually prohibit cities from sort of trying to outbid each other for big box retailers. And it's exactly for the reasons that we've talked about, right? It might seem appealing and it might seem like it's a it's an easy easy solution, easy source of revenue, good source of jobs, right? All of those things might be true. But you know, at the end of the day, it's it's not enabling the city to invest in a skilled workforce, to diversify its economy. You know, when we're thinking about where firms and establishments tend to want to locate, workforce and infrastructure are two really big things that firms tend to say are appealing to them when it comes to choosing a location. And so, you know, I think there are some interesting opportunities for cities to First of all, think regionally, think about themselves not as just a single jurisdiction acting alone, but as part of a regional, you know, economic development team, so to speak, and thinking about 
you know, how do you really build a workforce that is attractive to future employers? And, you know, that involves education, that involves training programs, infrastructure investments. And obviously these things, like I said, are they are resource intensive, but thinking about where in the future the city can start to invest its resources so that it becomes an appealing place for, you know, a diverse set of firms and establishments to come locate, I think are is an important strategy or important component of the strategy. Some research really shows also that the largest components of economic and job growth tend to come from establishments that are growing, and they don't really so much come from relocations. So while it might be appealing to try and think of you know ways to land another big box retailer or to land another establishment that might move into your jurisdiction, Actually, it makes a lot of sense when you look at the data to see what kind of economic activity is already happening, um, and that might be within the jurisdiction or within the region, and to think of ways to build on that and really really help you know, the establishments that are already there grow and thrive, because data show that that's where most of the job growth is probably going to come from. Well, Mayor Moore, this task force that, that you've set up, um, how are you imagining Irondale making the shift to diversify its economy. I think both Megan and the counselor here have have touched on it. And I mentioned it earlier about the changing face of retail. Uh, we haven't even spoken about the impact that e-commerce has on, on the local situation. And I think as, as we're looking at it and we're trying to market, you know, the properties that we have and, and the options there for uh, small and large business, I think we do have to look at all options. You know, uh, Megan mentioned the uh, opportunities for income tax. Uh, it's not a favorite of mine, but it's one of the options that we're having to look at. I know Fairfield has an occupational tax. Um, that does a couple of things if we look at that. And in, in addition to, to increasing revenue, it allows us to broaden the types of businesses that we bring in. If we're only looking at how can this in the short term create revenue for us, it's retail. Because you have a sale today, you get the tax at the end of the month. But if we look at it long term, then what are those best types of businesses to bring in? And maybe it's not solely focused on retail. Uh, we're, we're looking at any and all options. I mean, we have to. Interestingly, prior to Sam's closing, our city council had already passed a resolution to have a referendum to potentially increase the ad valorem tax on properties. We're, we're one of the lowest in the area. And uh, it was just a small increase. That, that vote will come up in, in April. Totally unrelated to the losing of Sam's Club, but looking to the future of how we should increase our revenue to provide those services that the residents are expecting. For Irondale, you weren't in office at the time, but Irondale, about 10 years ago or so, had its own Walmart close. That's right. Do you see any lessons learned or thinking back on that situation do you pull anything out of that that applies now? Yeah, interesting. Walmart was right across the street from Sam's. And and actually, that shopping center has never fully recovered from, from Walmart uh, leaving at that point. And I know Fairfield is facing a similar situation with the buildings there and the properties. Uh, one of the frustrating things in the short term is we don't have control of that property. You know, Walmart owns it and controls it. And uh, they move a little slower in decision-making than we'd like to. We've had lots of inquiries we know we need to, to move and strike while the iron's hot. Uh, the properties don't get any better or more appealing the longer you wait. Uh, so I think those are some of the lessons that we've learned from that. We've learned, hopefully, uh, now the second time not to be as dependent upon them. Well, Councilman Penny, 
one thing it seems to me looking at this situation is uh, you are part of a metro area. You're not out uh, in rural Alabama. You are in the Birmingham area. I guess, are there opportunities or do you see something that that gives you in looking at this situation that you might not have otherwise? Being a part of the urban area helps us tremendously. And we have one asset that I haven't mentioned, which is Miles College. And we we have to look at ways to try to utilize Miles College and, and help them to um, have assembly unpack as UAB has had on Birmingham. Yeah, we could certainly look at that. We are accessible to the interstate and um, being a part of the urban area, we have a lot of traffic coming and going. We are bordered by Bessemer Super Highway on one side and the interstate on the other side. We have a lot of traffic that comes through, and we have to look at, um, just have to be more creative in some ways. Uh, it relates to taxes, as I was mentioned a little earlier. Our taxes might be high. We already getting 10% sales tax. We already got the occupational tax. And we just recently did um, referendum on ancillary taxes for the school as well as for some uh, public work. So I don't know that that's an option. We actually have to, uh, we also have um, garbage collection service from the Republic where the, st- the citizens have to pay $23 a month for garbage service. So given uh, those circumstances, I don't know that raising taxes would be a good option for us. We, we need to come up with the type of uh, facilities um, that could utilize some of the urban traffic that's around us and that these access to have the Fairfield from the interstates as well as uh, the Bessemer Superhighway. We also have a mall there that has been an attraction, but we've had a recent tragedy to that that we have to try to overcome. So, you know, even though Irondale's on the obvious side of the county, obviously, our needs and our concerns and our problems are just probably radically different from theirs, even though, you know, we got, we're in a similar situation with Sam even now. We just need the type of attractions in Fairfield that could, could, could have the citizens of the surrounding areas to come in. As we wrap up this conversation, thinking about the, the next few months to a few years, what are tangible things that you think leaders in Fairfield can do to try to steer the course in, in a more positive direction, given that there are a lot of financial hits? Well, the first thing we have to do is try to cl- create a more positive um uh, working environment as most politicians and um, eliminate some of the, the power struggles. There has been a lot of political infighting. Yeah, there have been a lot of political we've, 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 We recently decided to bring in a city manager in hopes that that could help eliminate some of that and have some, something better, better balance in terms of what we're doing because that creates some controversy in its own. That's the number one hit we're facing us now. Uh, we've got some severe financial uh, concerns, we're going to have to try to come together to figure out how to get through this very, very difficult time period. Without generating some new revenue, it's going to be very difficult. Mayor Moore, what do you expect things to be like over the short term and looking ahead in the next couple of years in Irondale as you're trying to work through this situation? Yeah, the short term, this the rest of this fiscal year, we've just got to be fiscally responsible. We've, we've got to tighten our belts. Just because it's in the budget doesn't mean we can spend it. So we're, we're already looking at all of those areas that we can, we can make it through these next few months. Long term, I think uh, there's a very positive trajectory that we're on. Uh, we have a lot of new house construction going on, which will obviously help us over the long haul with uh, attracting business and, and that sort of sort of thing. Uh, the rooftops are really what drives, you know, who comes in and does business in your, your community. 
we're known for our luxury automobile business that we have there. We're kind of the luxury automobile capital of Alabama, really. I mean, if you want to buy a luxury car, we just opened up a, a brand new, uh, beautiful Mercedes dealership there and have virtually every one of those. So we've got some strong pockets of uh, things that will help us long term in addition to our refocusing now on economic development and developing some of the undeveloped areas and revitalizing some of the areas that need to be revitalized. So short term, tightening our belts, you know, being fiscally responsible, long term, being proactive and and taking a comprehensive look at what needs to come in. Well, Megan Randall, um, you know, if you're advising city leaders or people in a, in a city that are facing the loss of a major retailer and a stream of revenue, what advice would you give? Well, I mean, I think first in the short term, you know, to be to be sort of entrepreneurial about where you can find savings, where you can increase efficiencies um, so that cuts don't have to be as deep. You know, think about revenue options, think creatively about them. You know, to be entrepreneurial, both, both in the short term in those regards, but also in the long term and thinking about, as I mentioned, you know, things that are important to firms and are important to major employers, like having a talented workforce, like having good infrastructure, and to, you know, also not be afraid to, to think regionally and act with regional partners to think about, you know, how you build uh, an agglomeration economy, how you build, you know, a hub, um, and really leverage the talents and the, the resources and the assets that you, that, that you already have there, because, um, you know, every city has something, um, and every city has, you know, a number of assets that it can continue to build on. And, you know, certainly to think about diversifying beyond beyond these big box retailers because there are other more sustainable ways to grow a place-based economy. That's Megan Randall. She's a research analyst in the Urban Brookings Tax Policy Center at the Urban Institute. Uh, Megan Randall, thank you for joining us. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. We've also heard from Irondale Mayor Charles Moore. Uh, Mayor Moore, it's good to have you here. Thank you. I appreciate it. And also we heard from Eddie Penny. He's Fairfield's City Council President. Uh, Councilman Penny, uh, thanks for your time. Thank you for having me. And that's it for this edition of WBHM Politics. The show was produced by Gigi Duban and myself. Our theme song is by local Birmingham guitarist Eric Essex, and it's called Find Your Way. Let us know what you think. Send us a message through the WBHM Facebook page or tweet at us. We're at WBHM, or you can use the hashtag WBHMPolitics. If you haven't subscribed, please do it. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. And if you would, help us out by writing a review. I'm Andrew Yeager. Thanks for listening.